Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, Pastor Peter John. Amen. Amen. Uh, I want to welcome you, uh, Senior Pastor Sandra. Uh, I want to welcome you to uh, Repent America. And I want to, first of all, thank you so much for taking this opportunity to actually serve the Lord. I know, you know, we have a very busy schedule and, you know, for you to do this, uh, it means a lot uh, to me and to the service of the Lord. So thank you so much. So I want us to, you know, get started. And um, first of all, you know, as you and I, we know each other, but our audience do not know you. So I wanted you to take this opportunity uh, so that you can introduce yourself to our audience. So please go ahead when you're ready. Okay, uh, my name is uh, Senior Pastor Sandra Smith, and I live in the greater Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania. Um, we live kind of out in the country, a little bit uh, away from the city. We're still in the greater Philadelphia region, but we're a little bit out more in the country. Um, so kind of the area where I live here in Southeast PA, you can say it's like Lancaster and Philadelphia. Um, our altar is actually in Lancaster County. It's about 40 minutes from here, about 45 minutes from our house. So, like, I, I can reach uh, people in both areas. So, that's where uh, I'm from, and uh, my family is also part of this ministry. My son, Adam, is a pastor in this ministry, and so is my daughter, Carly. Amen, amen. That is powerful. Uh, what a blessing to have, uh, you know, servants of the Lord in your household you know who love the lord and just diligently serving the lord it is a blessing uh, yeah this is powerful that's powerful and it's truly a favor of the lord to walk with the lord not just by yourself but your family walking alongside you know and following jesus not just by the crowd but following jesus in his footsteps that is powerful amen so um so basically, uh, today, the topic we wanted to talk about is basically, has the word really changed you? And I want to start off by saying that, what can you tell our audience about how to prepare for the glorious coming of the Messiah? Because in this ministry, we know that Elijah is walking on earth right now. He's walking among us. He's trumpeting the message, talking about the coming of the Messiah. He's preaching about holiness, righteousness, and everything is directed back to the Messiah, the glory of the Messiah. So you and I, we have heard that uh, in America, uh, sometimes, you know, because of modernization i don't know how to put it but we tend to pretend sometimes that we have no capacity to understand that times have changed so i wanted you to use this opportunity to talk to america what can you tell them about how to prepare for the glorious coming of the messiah amen and that's actually a very good question <clears throat> um First of all, I guess I should preface this by saying that we are living in very 
uh, evil days, uh, the Bible said that these last days that people would call good evil and evil good. And we are seeing that um, all around us uh, in society. We see it in the church. We see it, uh, you know, at our workplace. We see it when we're talking with whether it's our family, our neighbors, friends, co-workers. It doesn't matter. We're, we're seeing all sorts of uh things going on in society to let us know that um, we have never been this way before as a generation, but also we've never been this way before in the church setting because, as you said, Elijah, uh, the mightiest prophets, uh, Moses and Elijah, they are walking among us now because Malachi chapter 4 clearly states that Elijah would come and he would come to restore all things and that um, Moses comes uh, to bring the law. Why, why does Moses have to bring the law back? Well, in the apostate church, what is one of the things that we've been hearing for years? I know even uh, when I was in the apostate church, because we, we all came out of apostasy, you know, in some way or the other, but even when I was going to a Pentecostal church, I grew up Pentecostal, um, you would hear things that uh, the law has been abolished. Oh, that's the Old Testament. Or, oh, that's the God of the Old Testament. Well, um, the prophet Malachi, you know, he says of the Lord, where the Lord speaks through him and says that I change not. And Paul wrote of the Lord that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's in the book of Hebrews. And so God changes not. The same God of the Old Testament is the same God of the New Testament. He's the same God now. The same God that created Adam and Eve all these thousands of years later till 2021. It is the same God. He's a loving God. He's a faithful God. But he's also a God of justice um, because God is holy and man fell into sin. And so we're sinners. And we need a Savior. It's very clear that we need a Savior. And that's why Jesus was uh, sent. He, he came to be the sacrificial lamb for the cleansing of our sins and to give us eternal life. And Jesus says, you know, I, I come to show you the way to the Father, that there is only one way, one way to heaven, and it is through him. And so how, how we can prepare the First thing that we need to do, we need to recognize that um, Jesus spoke of wolves in sheep's clothing. He uh, spoke about um, the false teachers, the false prophets that would come along. But Peter spoke of that too, and Paul spoke of it greatly. But one chapter that really has always stood out to me is Second Peter chapter 2. And Peter mentions in the last days before the Lord would return that there will be false teachers among you as there were false prophets in the days of the Jewish people when they had their prophets. And so um, Peter says that um, these false teachers, that they bring in damnable heresies. And that should be frightening to every Christian, but sadly it's not. I, I've spoken this um, for years to um, Christians that are, you know, in, in apostasy right now, and they don't seem to want to recognize that. But the Word of God stands forever, and the Word of God is truth. And that leads me um, to, to say this now. So 
the voice among us now that is telling us the truth is Elijah is among us. He comes to restore all things. And so, number one, we need to be listening to the voice of the mightiest, mightiest prophets. That is first and foremost. But um, secondly, um, we need to study the scriptures. And that's why I brought uh, some of these other things up, because, um, you know, I was thinking about this before uh, I called you. And, you know, the thing right now in the world is this, quote, woke culture. Mm. And really, basically what that is, is um, this person A, whatever they want to believe, well, that's their truth. And person B, the same thing, whatever they want to believe, that's their truth, etc. and so on. So it's everywhere. It's in the church. It's in the workplace. It's in government. It, it's everywhere. And I've even spoke with some people <laughs> that they even get passionate about that. They'll, they'll kind of like beat their chest a little bit. And they'll say, well, this is my truth. But the fact of the matter is there's lies and there's truth. And if a person believes lies, just because they want to believe it, it doesn't make it the tr- it doesn't make it the truth. Mm-hmm. That lies are lies, and the truth is truth. And especially with Christians, um, Christians do not discern uh, between the things of God and the things of the world and the false teachers. And that's that's what's very dangerous right there. So, in other words, what a Christian, what I would advise them, in addition to listening to the mightiest, mightiest prophets, I would advise them, as the prophets even advise, that you are to study the scriptures and tune out Christian television. Don't read any books written by this person, that person. You just get into the scriptures yourself and you pray and you ask the Lord to lead and guide you to the truth of the word because the Holy Spirit was sent to us as our teacher, as the one who leads and guides us to the truth. He was sent to us to be our reprover, to correct us of what we are doing that is wrong and that is sin. And so it's the Holy Spirit's job to teach us. So um, those two things are important. Um, Another thing that's very important that I would recommend for Christians is to really get alone with God in prayer. You know, Jesus even said, enter into your prayer closet. In other words, you go to a room or go to a place where it's just you and the Lord. There's no outside distractions that you can just, you know, focus on the Lord, bring your repentance, bring Uh, your worship, and bring any um, prayer requests, supplications, and things like that. And when we're in our prayer closet, we should be asking the Lord to teach us things. We should be asking the Lord to give us wisdom. You know, the book of James um, talks about prayer and the reason, you know, Christians saying uh, they don't get what they pray for, but that's because they're asking amiss. They're not asking for the things of God. If a Christian starts asking the Lord, oh, Lord, please, you know, give me more fruits of the Spirit. I need more love. I need more patience. I I need to be more gentle. You know, the Lord's going to honor that because he wants us to bear the fruits of the Spirit. If we ask the Lord, Lord, I need wisdom. I need knowledge and understanding to understand the spiritual things. Lord, I need discernment. You know, if we really pray these things with great earnesty, mm. you know, the Lord... 
he hears that and he's going to honor that because it is beneficial to us for our salvation. Mm. And so when we get into our prayer closet to ask these things, the Lord hears us and um, we'll begin to see our lives even changing. Also, when we get into our scripture reading time, we're going to see that the Holy Spirit's going to open up our understanding where, oh, I understand this now, you know, or, oh, I've, I've read this passage of scripture and, you know, I, I never saw it like this before. This is this is what this means. But that's the Holy Spirit's job to do that. Mm. And um, like I said, you know, all of these things, we're going to notice a change in our character. We're going to uh, see that um, the way that we used to be, remember, uh, Paul says, put off the old man. So, you know, by doing these things and pressing in more towards the Lord and the things of God and hearing only the truth, and that is by listening to the mightiest, mightiest prophets and reading the word, that is the truth that's going to get into us. And one other thing that I want to say, and the prophets have brought this up as they've been coming to us in teachings, Um, they brought up second... Thessalonians chapter 2 when they talked about those that will be left behind that um, it says there Paul says that you know the people they're going to start wondering well why was I left and and Paul makes it clear he says because they love not the truth Mm. that they might be saved and so that's why this woke culture and this woke culture has even crept in the church very badly that's why every Christian, really every single person, needs to be asking themselves, am I really in the truth, or am I believing lies that people have told me? Mm. Amen, amen, amen. This is powerful. This is very powerful. Um, you know, America, this is very critical. Uh, you know, Senior Pastor Sandra has really laid it out. You know, the answer is going back to the uh, two prophets you know the mightiest mightiest prophets of eternity because they are revealing the bible in a way that has never been taught before and then you can clearly as you listen to them you would know that the ministry of repentance and holiness is actually led by the holy spirit and the message the centrality of the message of the servants of the lord is that they divide the whole agenda into two broad categories. You know, one of them is that what is the mission? Or maybe let me start by saying that, yeah, you know, every company has a mission statement and all those things. What is the mission? So, you know, the mission in this case, uh, you know, you're looking at it from a perspective that, you have a mission and you have a vision. The mission in this case is that the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. And in order for you to prepare for the coming of the Messiah, the Lord has sent Elijah and Moses to prepare the church for the glorious coming of the Messiah. And we hear them every day Every day when they speak, they direct us back to the coming of the Messiah. And then you would see that in Scripture, both Old and New Testament, that every single Scripture, you know, 
in one way or the other, directs us back to the Messiah. You know, you could see that in Genesis 14, you know, verse 17 through 18 there, where you see, you know, the first appearance, Melchizedek, the pre-incarnated Christ, you know, coming to, you know, uh, give Abraham, you know, bread and wine, which signifies the new covenant, which is his body and then the blood. And what we need to do is to listen to the servants of the Lord. They preach about holiness because God is holy. God has never changed. He's always been holy, holy, holy. What we see in today's church, especially in America, is about the world. They have brought the world into the church. When Jesus clearly, if you go back to John 17, you know, from verse 6 onwards, when he was praying for the uh, disciples, you know, he basically mentioned, and I'm just paraphrasing in this instance, saying that, you know, he is not praying for the world, but he is praying for the disciples, which means that you cannot prepare to go, you cannot prepare for the glorious coming of the Messiah without separating yourself from the world. You cannot prepare for the glorious coming of the Messiah without being holy, without being righteous. You know, we know Hebrews 12, 14 also talks about that a lot. And then, so as the servants of the Lord comes with this message to us, their vision is here basically to take the church, the current church that is in apostasy, that is in sin, that is in the world, to bring light to them to tell them that, look, time has changed. The Messiah is coming, and he's coming soon. And that we need to prepare in absolute holiness and righteousness. And I think there is nothing better than, you know, love that you can describe that what the servants of the Lord are doing now. You know, to guide the church away from the world and separate the church onto Christ. So you, you made very important points and, you know, I thank you so much again for, you know, calling it out uh, as it is because we have to speak truth. Uh, when we are preaching the message, we're preaching on to the Lord and the Lord is listening and paying attention. So when a pastor out there goes and preach and all they preach about is the world and all they preach, they don't know humility. It, it is disturbing because it's not just disturbing because of that particular pastor. It is disturbing because they are like hundreds and hundreds of sheep behind the pastor that he is going to lead to hell with that message. So America, this is a wake up call to all of us that when you are in a church, look for holiness repentance and holiness we repent in the blood of jesus and then we are holy or we preach holiness and we strive to be holy on a daily basis because our lord jesus christ is holy god the father is holy god the holy spirit is holy and they have not changed and you cannot go through jesus without being holy 
because one of the main important thing in the Bible that actually describes how God hates sin is that he created Adam and Eve. And he said it was good and he blessed them. But he gave them the will, freedom, the will to make decisions. And because of the love of God, he told them exactly what to eat, what not to eat, and all those things. But because of the deceit, the lies of the devil, the devil deceived them into thinking that when they eat that particular fruit, that they will surely not die. And that was the lie. And that is the same deception the church is in today. They are saying that once you receive Christ, that is it. That, you know, that is it. You don't need to do anything. And then you see them wallowing in sin all the time. You see them in sexual sin. You see them in gospel of the world, the gospel of the prosperity, you know, gospel of the flesh. And it's high time that if you are a sheep in a church, because this message is being preached, this message is being preached and letters are sent out to the pastors in this country. So when you don't hear it as a sheep, you need to begin to care about your eternity. You do not want your pastor to go to hell with you. So thank you so much again for you know this particular important point. So that brings us to our next question. The next question is that you mentioned about, you know, the word of God. So I want to ask, has the word of God really changed the life of Americans? Because we know that the word of God as we have mentioned that every aspect of the Bible, and if you look at every prophet that came, and they are actually prophets, true prophets of the Bible, true prophets of Israel, they preach repentance and holiness. So Amen. the question now is, has the word of God, because we have the Old Testament and the New Testament given to us by the Holy Spirit, has the word of God really changed the life of Americans? Uh, sadly, the answer is no. And I, uh, it's changing the lives of the people who want to be changed. As you said, you know, God created us that we have choice and it's the choices that we're going to make. Um, you know, you mentioned the Old Testament and the New Testament and actually the, um, the uh, message that the mightiest, mightiest prophets have shared before this, you know, on the, I guess the previous podcast that we're going off of that, yep. um, they, they brought up uh, the fact that the church is repeating all of the same sins, all of the same air that the Jewish people um, had committed. You know, the, the Jews fell into apostasy, but the church has also now fallen into apostasy. And when we get into the Old Testament scriptures, um, we're supposed to be changed people. That's why, you know, I, I really um, get a little bit upset in, in the sense that I don't appreciate it when I hear apostate Christians always wanting to 
refer to God when you talk about judgment, they'll say, but that's the God of the Old Testament. And the answer is no, that is the same God today. Yep. And the fact of the matter is we're supposed to be learning from the Old Testament. Paul, when he wrote the Church of Galatia, he said that the law and really all of the Old Testament, which is uh, the Jewish Bible, the Tanakh, okay? Mm-hmm. We have their Old Testament. I mean, our Old Testament is their Bible, their Tanakh. So we have the same scriptures, and Jews and Christians alike can go read the scriptures and see what happened when the people of God fell into sin. Mm. And the fact of the matter is the Jewish people, they were supposed to have been a light, uh, that God had commanded them that they were supposed to be a light. And when God began to prophesy through the prophets, um, saying that, you know, he was going to take his light and then take it to the Gentiles, uh, and that, the and, and in other words, to take it out into the nations. But, you know, that happened, that the church was birthed on the day of Pentecost, 50 days from the time that Jesus had risen from the dead. He, he ascended on the 40th day, but he said to wait in Jerusalem uh, until the Holy Spirit comes. And that was 10 days later that fell on Pentecost. And that's when the church was birthed. And, you know, um, we, we have fallen uh, into the same sins, sexual sins, um, the homosexuality, abortions, uh, just all the worldliness, the wealth, it's, it's the wanting the money, the money, the money. And Jesus, he said about the money that, um, that the love of money was the root of all evil. Okay, the root of all evil is money, because look at all the sinful things people do with money. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, they'll pay for all sorts of ungodly things for entertainment, they'll go gambling, they'll go to the bars and buy alcohol and all of these sorts of things. And so um, that that's the thing that's very discouraging uh, with the apostate church today, that they're all about wealth, wealth, wealth. And um, it, it's very sad that they have changed the gospel that Jesus bled and died for. Uh, it's a holy gospel. It is to make us holy, righteous people so that we will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But um, the apostate church, why have they um, believed all of these lies from the enemy? Well, it gets back to the first question that you had asked me what we were talking about. If you don't know the scriptures, if you don't know the word of God, when somebody says something to you, you're not going to know that a person, whether they're telling you the truth or they're lying to you, you see. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's why it's, it's very, very important to um, know the scriptures. And if I could just say real quick here, I'll try not to talk too long because I don't want to go off on a rabbit trail. But, you know, when I first found the Mightiest, Mightiest Prophets, uh, July of 2010. Amen. And um, I I found them by way of looking up water baptism. I had been studying about water baptism, and I saw the title of their video. It said, Water Baptism in the Rapture, and I was like, oh, now this this here is true, because that's what I have. I learned uh, the connections of salvation and water baptism, what water baptism is really for. And when I listened to that teaching, it was just so powerful. 
And when I saw all the other videos on the side there that you see on YouTube, I, I saw about the Chilean earthquake and the earthquakes in Haiti, and those had just happened months before. I, I clicked those videos on, and I saw where they were at their conferences and, and the preaching and teaching, just listening to everything that they were saying, which was truthful. But then when they started pronouncing even the judgments of what was going to happen, and then it happened to the letter as they described it. And so I knew here, here, this is, this is a mighty prophet right here. And I was so intrigued and I started clicking on their teachings for days and weeks and months. And now it's been years. I, I listened to their teachings and their teachings are so powerful and they are so filled with the word of God. Now for myself, I understood the scriptures. So I understood that they were telling the truth in a very powerful way. But even if one doesn't fully know the Bible very well, um, it's a, a new Christian can come into this ministry of repentance and holiness, begin listening to the mightiest, mightiest prophets, and still see that they're teaching powerful truths. Because as you know, Pastor Peter John, everything that they say, they back everything up with scripture. And sadly, the pastors and the teachers today in the apostate church mm. do not do that. Mm. So we know that the prophets are telling us the truth, and they and we sit with our notebooks. And how many verses can they give us? Even just in in one session of teaching, they back up every single thing with the Word of God because they are are the voice of God speaking to us right now. And so it's just very powerful. Mm. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, this is uh, powerful, and uh, I wanted to, you know, based on the previous uh, forecast, I mean, uh, podcast, that you know, the mightiest, mightiest prophet had discussed. Uh, this particular question is very central, and he read scripture, which was John five. Uh, verse 39 through 40. Uh, if you allow me, I will go ahead and read it to our audience. And then it said, You study the scriptures diligently. And I'm reading the NIV version. You study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me. Verse 40. Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. See, so, you know, you mentioned about our Jewish brothers and sisters out there. Even though they talk about the Tanar, which is the Old Testament, you realize that every single, you know, book of the Old Testament is referring back to Christ Jesus. You know, you can look at it, you know, right from Genesis. We talked about Genesis uh, where, you know, in Genesis uh, 3 verse um, 15, when the Lord was talking about, and I'm paraphrasing, creating uh, enmity between the woman and the serpent, the offsprings of the woman, and then the offsprings of the serpent. serpent. You know, there you are, Christ Jesus, because we know the woman is Israel. And then Christ Jesus is the Son. 
So that particular scripture alone is, to me, is an indication that if today's church, just as the Pharisees missed who Jesus Christ is, if you look at today and looking at this particular scripture, the Lord promised in Malachi 4 verse 5 through 6, and basically stated, and I'm again I'm paraphrasing because um, you know for the purpose of discussion, you know he talks about the fact that he will send the prophet Elijah. But the interesting part of it is that if you start from verse three, he says, "Remember my servant Moses," and then verse four, <laughs> they're about. I mean, uh, sorry, this is verse 4, and I repent for that. But if you look at uh, verse 5, he says, I will send Elijah, you know, to you in the last days, who will turn the hearts of the children to their fathers and the heart of the fathers to their children. And he went ahead to say that, and this is uh, the prophet Malachi, that the Holy Spirit was speaking through. Or else, that if the if he does that, and we don't repent, or else, the dreadful the, the dreadful day of the Lord will come and consume the whole earth, which means that the Lord, in His mercy that He has given to us, He said He was coming. The Christ said He will come back, and He didn't just leave us there. He sent us the Holy Spirit. He gave us scriptures. Because we know Abraham didn't have scriptures. We know Enoch didn't have scriptures. You know, Noah didn't have scriptures. And all these people live righteous before the Lord. Today, we have the Bible. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Lord sent the Holy Spirit, who is the author of this Bible, that he will help us. And you mentioned that by saying that we have to just ask the Holy Spirit. That if we truly open our hearts and ask and seek the face of the Lord and ask the Lord to help us, when you read the scriptures, the Lord will reveal it to you gradually. Where am I leading? The point here is that I'm talking about John 5, verse 39, 40. That the Jewish or the, uh, the, the Pharisees, they missed the Messiah. Today, Elijah is walking on earth. He is doing everything. The signs are there. You've mentioned, you know, we have the neutron star collusion. We have the rain that he called down in Lima, Peru. You know, we have the cripples that are walking. Thousands and thousands. We don't even have that in the history of the Bible. We have HIV AIDS being healed. You know, we have, you know, uh, blood diseases, cancers, tumors being dissolved. And you know what is even important? Majority or some of these healings are done at the altar of the Lord. He doesn't go directly to the people or they don't go directly to the people. They just Stand at the altar of the Lord and decree the blood of Jesus. And the whole world, people who are obedient and tune in, 
get healed. We all we have our own miracle here in the United States. We have the healing of Meredith. We have the healing, the recent healing of a cyanic uh, nerve, the uh, blessed senior archbishop's uh, family. You know, we have cancer, basically a tumor that dissolved in Indiana. These are all healings. And the prophets of the Lord decreed the healings from Kenya, Nairobi. And the power and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ touch these people. And they are healed. They are living testimonies in our community, in America. So, if you don't believe in what the messenger is saying, what about the signs? Who can do that? The devil has never created anything. So it is an indication to the church today, and I wanted to pivot it from Israel now to the church, that the church is missing that Elijah and Moses are walking on earth right now. And their message is preparing the church for the glorious coming of the Messiah. And the mistake that Israel did, the church today is repeating it. And especially in America, we are repeating it because we think about modernization. We think about our technology. We think about the ease of tense. And sometimes we lose the fact that Jesus Christ is the author. Jesus Christ, everything is directed to Christ Jesus. Because did America, if you are listening, you read or you heard me read John 5, verse 39 through 40. And the Lord is telling them, if they want to live, they need to come to him. And yet, they did not come. If we want to see the kingdom of God today, we need to listen to Elijah and Moses, the mightiest, mightiest prophets, so that they can give us the direction as to how to get back to the Lord. They will teach us to prepare in absolute holiness, in absolute righteousness, zero tolerance to sin. And then through that, we will see the face of the Lord. Through that, we will enter the rapture. But if you don't have holiness and God doesn't condone with sin, zero tolerance to sin, then there's no way on the day of rapture that people will be raptured. So again, this is a clarion call to the sheep out there that if you care in one way or the other about your eternity, this is an announcement saying that Elijah is walking on earth right now, preaching repentance and holiness and talking about the coming of the Messiah and talking about get out of sin. You can get this message if you were to go to www.repentandpreparetheway.org, which is the Lord's website. You will see these things for yourself. You would see it. You would see the healings, the things that we're talking about. You would see it. And so these are physical, documented evidence for you. We see the Dublin, the transfiguration, and all those things. These have happened in the Bible. So it is a clarion call to tell all of us to walk in fear, 
in absolute holiness and righteousness, for the Messiah is coming back soon. Remember Hebrews 12, verse 14. Without holiness, no one and no one will see the Lord. Thank you so much again, blessed um, senior Pastor Sandra. So that leads me to our next question. What does it mean to come to Jesus? What does it mean to come to Jesus? This is um, a very simple answer, okay. actually. Amen. However, uh, the apostate church has clearly missed it. They've redefined um, the way to Jesus. They, they think that there's, uh, well, it's kind of like the old saying, uh, all roads lead to Rome. Well, they think all roads lead to heaven, and that's very untrue. Um, uh, the Bible tells us very clearly that, um, that Jesus himself said that uh, the Father is the one that draws us to him, okay? And also um, the Holy Spirit, uh, his role and his function is to um, reprove us. He reproves us. He, he convicts us of our sins. Um, he leads and guides us into all truth. And so when we come to Jesus, first of all, we, uh, a person, uh, something is going on with them that they're seeking out uh, faith or religion. Sometimes it's a tragedy that happens. Sometimes, um, you know, a world event happens that's like, I remember when 9-11 happened, uh, that next Sunday, the churches were packed and they stayed packed for probably about a month or so. And then once all of that started to wear off a little bit, they started slowly backing away from going to church. But something usually happens that uh, will make us um, want to, to come to the Lord or to know the Lord. Um, and also... It's, it's the Holy Spirit himself that just does that. Uh, we have to remember even here what the mightiest, mightiest prophets have been teaching us about the Father. The Father, he's the one that his, his eye is roaming all over this earth. It is the Father who sees those that will um, place their faith in him, and, and he chooses. Uh, that's why Jesus said, many are called, but few are chosen. And we even see this in the apostate church. Many people profess that they're Christians. They profess they're Pentecostals. They profess that they're evangelicals and whatever and all that they, they associate themselves with uh, different ministries or different denominations. But the fact of the matter is, is they continue to keep sin in their life. Uh, Paul said that, you know, when we become born again, that, um, all things are new, and the old things are passed away. They're done away with, and we become a new creation in Christ. Um, Jesus gave the parable about uh, the soils, you know, the seed that fell on uh, stony ground, the seed that just fell there on the dry ground. The last seed had fallen into the good soil. But Jesus made clear um, there are those that they will hear the word of God, and they will be very pricked in their spirit to to check into those things. Oh, these are those Christians that, oh, they'll start to go to church. And then, 
but the word of God never takes root in them. You know, they, they begin to just fall away. You know, the, they go into uh, where they backslide, these sorts of things. Um, one of the seeds falls into the, I think it's the, the uh, stony ground and the weeds come up and begin to choke yep. the plant and it can't take uh, root to continue growing strong. And the mightiest prophets, uh, they did a wonderful teaching on this uh, during the lockdown uh with COVID last year, when they were coming to us um, three days a week, they're they're coming back again now three days a week. But they've just been coming over the last several months on Wednesdays and Fridays. But um, they they did a teaching on this, and they they, they taught us this because th- this is the I think the number one reason why uh, Christians do not allow themselves to get fully rooted in the Word of God. It's because the trials and the tribulations that come. Paul says the trials and the tribulations have to come. It's the purifying of our soul, of our salvation. Uh, And we have to go through that refining process. But even as the mightiest, mightiest prophets have been saying, you know, they can't take it. They don't, they, they don't want any persecution. They don't want anything bad going on in their life. They want everything, you know, peachy, uh, peaches and cream or, or however you would say it but they, yeah. they want everything to be perfect and wonderful you know <laughs> and that's that way that it is we have to go through those trials and the tribulations because these are the things that actually draw us closer to the lord and so um if we want to come to jesus how can we come to jesus first of all again it's the father that that draws us and he draws us by way of the holy spirit and the holy spirit begins to teach us he begins to convict us and when a person wants to be convicted and that's that's the key right there they have to want to be convicted they have to want to change it's all about that choice again that we had talked about earlier um they have to want to be refined you know the more that the holy spirit does in all of us and we look at ourselves and we're like ew oh, I don't like this person. I never saw myself like this before. I never <laughs> saw myself as this kind of person, but that that's me. Oh, oh, I got to change that, you know? Yes. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He, he changes us and, and he makes us um, like God, you know? We're supposed to be Christ-like. Yep. And it's amazing. I hear all these professing Christians in the apostate church, they're talking about um, that they're Christ-like, but yet you see the sins that they still continue to live even on a daily basis. And it's like, no, God is holy. There's no sin in God. You know, God is separated from sin. He's holy. So, you know, no, you're not being Christ-like. You know, that that's the thing. It's, again, it's part of this woke uh, culture that uh, we're in in these last days that people, they don't want to accept the truth because the truth hurts. And the mightiest, mightiest prophets have even been pointing that out. They don't want persecution. They, they don't want any of that. They just want their lives to be absolutely wonderful. But that's not a real world mm. when we are coming to faith in Christ because we are sinners and we have to have the sin removed and it's the holy spirit he's the consuming fire that burns all that sin out of us we have to get that 
flesh crucified. We have to get it under control where we're not sinning. And and it takes uh, a process for these things to happen. Again, that's why the Lord will even allow the trials and the tribulations to come because we're supposed to be learning from it. We're supposed to be reflecting on ourselves. And um, that the, the church doesn't want that, but the Jewish people didn't want it either. When you read the Old Testament, they didn't want it. They, they wanted their 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 sin they wanted their their wealth that it, it the church is repeating all the same things that israel and judah did mm. and it's it's very sad it's very sad because the thing is when you really talk to professing christians they, they all think that they're on their way to heaven and they actually want to go to heaven they truly want to go to heaven but they're not allowing others to come and to try to help them. For example, if you, you point anything out, even to an apostate Christian, they, they come back at you with, you're judging me. You're not supposed to judge. Mm. Well, we are supposed to judge righteously. And Peter and James both talked about love covering a multitude of sins. And I forget, it's either, I think it might be in James, uh, where it says that you when you go to your brother who is in sin, and you correct them, but of course we do it in love and very gently, but if you, you correct that brother and they turn from their sin, you have covered a multitude of sins. Mm. Meaning if you can correct that brother or sister and they see the heirs of their ways and yeah, you're right and yeah, I'm not really living righteously, I'm, I'm, I'm living really a sinful life and I've got to change that. If they turn their heart back to the Lord, then all those sins that they're doing, they'll stop. All of that will will, will just be, um, you know, they, they put on the new creature and let that old creature just die away. That That's part of the crucifying of the flesh. Mm. And um, But they don't want to do it. Um, it's very sad. They Everybody, this is what I always tell, you know, my family when we're discussing these things. Everybody wants to go to heaven, <laughs> but they don't want to do what is necessary to get to heaven mm. and that that's the sad reality you know we have to it's easy it's easy to to put your faith in the lord it's i'm just saying this anybody who's listening it is so easy to put your faith in the lord because the lord loves you he loves us and he would rather that we spend eternity with him but the lord god is holy and the lord god has commandments that we have to obey and why do we have to obey these commandments it's not that the commandments are burdensome jesus said that they weren't burdensome but we have to obey them because it has everything to do with the sinful nature Mm. we have got to destroy that flesh side of us and we have to let that born again side of us reign supreme Mm -hmm. and let the love of god shine through us and it's even by our works you know i love what jesus said jesus made it very simple there there's and i forget what gospel it's in but it's just one little sentence there he said if you love me obey my commandments amen it's that simple that's it amen this is powerful you know um america this is you know a rude awakening for all of us that you know the way we see jesus when jesus comes back he's not coming back you know as a servant he's coming as a king 
But the Bible tells us that, you know, when you come to Jesus, when you direct your focus, your attention, your heart to Jesus, that you overcome death, that you can trample on scorpions, you can defeat death, you can defeat sin, because Jesus defeated, even though he did not bore any, you know, uh, he did not commit any sin, but he took on with all our sins, the sins of the world, and defeated the devil on the cross. So when you come to Christ, America, you would be a born again. You would be a new person in creation. You would look back and look at your old self and you said, I am glad, Lord, thank you that you did not kill me or I did not die at this time because you would be able to appreciate, you'll be able to look at your old self and your new self. But if you say you are born again and you cannot differentiate your old self and your new self, then there is a problem because the Bible says that, you know, Every man is a sinner, and the Lord came and rescued us. And the essence of rescuing us was to help us to overcome sin, was to show us that we can overcome sin. And I'm not saying that the devil is not going to fight back, because the Bible says in the book of Revelation, it talks about a war broke out in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels. Because, and the Bible made it a point to say that the dragon and his angels fought back. Which means that sin will always fight back. The devil will always fight back. But how to cope with it, and I mean, how to disentangle yourself from sin completely is to truly and truly in your heart accept Jesus Christ and accept the blood that he left for us because there is power in that blood. In that blood, the blood overcomes sin. In that blood is holiness. In that blood is righteousness. You know, if you look back to Isaiah 35 and I think uh, verse 6 Verse, verse 6, 7, 8 there about, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, it talks about that there will be a highway. And that highway will be called a highway of holiness. And that, that highway, the wicked will not journey on it. And it says that no lion will be on that. So the key there is the Lord is showing us how to overcome sin, how to defeat the devil. And the power to defeat the devil is walking in holiness and righteousness. Because our God is holy, holy and holy three times. So America, this is a call. I know there are a lot of Christians out there who truly want to love the, God, the Lord but they have not gotten the right foundation because they still attend these apostate churches. They still attend churches where the pastors focus on the world 
rather than the kingdom of God, even though it is clearly stated in the Bible, seek my kingdom first and the rest shall be given to you. We are doing the opposite, especially in America. You know, there are people when before the lockdown that they get up and they didn't want to go to church because they didn't even have the money to give and the church will shame them into giving money. You know, that is terrible. And now they went as far as now to use technology to say, hey, even if you don't come to church, you can still give tithes through your phone, you know, online and all those things. Wow, America, we have gone so far, so far. But we need to be careful because the Messiah is coming. The good news is that we still have this window of opportunity to repent, to repent in Christ Jesus, to be born again properly, and to be holy and righteous. And you can do all that if you truly seek the Lord and seek the Holy Spirit that he sent to help us. Because he knew or he knows that the journey is not easy. That's why he describes it as the narrow gate. It's not comfortable. You know, it's not comfortable to walk on. But you can overcome sin. So this is very important. And thank you so much again for giving us your input on it. Uh, blessed uh, Senior Pastor Sandra. Uh, that leads me to my next question. So I know that you have a Jewish lineage. And I want you Amen. to speak to our Jewish brothers and sisters out there from your heart. That so that the Messianic Jewish and also the, the uh, Orthodox Jewish out there, that what message would you give to them to let them know that, look, one, Elijah is walking on earth right now, trumpeting the message about the glorious coming of the Messiah. What message would you give to our Jewish brothers and sisters out there, please? Okay, yes, praise the Lord. Well, we have uh, Pesach is coming up, Passover, and um, one of the uh, things that takes place during the Seder dinner is, uh, first of all, they, they leave a place setting for Elijah, but um, then there's a certain portion of the Seder that uh, they uh, sometimes have a child, or if, if there's no children, their adult can do it, but they go and they open the door for Elijah because the Jewish people they're waiting for Elijah because the Jewish people know that Elijah is to come and um, he you know he's the announcer of, of the Messiah and uh, so they're looking for Elijah and they're looking for um, the Messiah but as we've been talking here um, we see that Malachi chapter 4 in our Christian Bible, our chapters go one, two, three, four for Malachi, but in the Jewish Tanakh, Malachi is only three chapters. So the Jewish brethren, they would find this in chapter three. 
and they already know it's there. They know Elijah is to come, but we must read the words that is there that, you know, um, Elijah, you know, he, he comes to restore all things. Uh, and why would he have to restore things? Well, first of all, let's look at it this way. When you go to restore anything, why are you restoring it? Because it's it's been damaged. It's It's been... Um, you know, it's old and it's worn and, and sometimes it's because it's been damaged. And so it has to be repaired. It has to be restored. And we see um, for this new covenant, the, as we've already stated, the, the Christians fell into apostasy just as Israel and Judah fell into apostasy. And so Elijah is here. Elijah is here. You, you've been waiting for thousands and thousands of years for Elijah to come, and uh, Elijah is here. So um, I would just say embrace that. Please embrace that. Please go to um, the Jesus is Lord Radio info. Go to uh, the Repent and Prepare the Way org, and you will see. Um, loads and loads of videos of of miracles that have happened um there there's a woman her name is winnie bet she had a hysterectomy her doctor's even um in the faith now because he did that hysterectomy on her and i think it was like over a year later she's pregnant and then she has a baby you you cannot have a baby once you've already had a hysterectomy that's the power of god Mm. um here in pennsylvania from our altar uh, one of our beloved sisters, uh, Sister Leslie, her daughter was uh, shot multiple times and left for dead. And, and by the time that um, the the police got there, they thought that she would probably die there on the scene. She was already in that bad shape. But, you know, the ambulance came, they got her to the hospital, and again, they thought that she was going to die. You'll see that miracle there. This girl is totally healed, totally restored. We can't get into all the specifics. It would take time for her testimony. But if you just go there to the website, you'll see that. Now, only God can do that. Only God can take a girl that's been left for dead and almost dead. She was shot eight times. Her ribs were crushed because she was run over by a car. Her lung was punctured. This girl was never to walk again. She's walking and jumping up and down. Winnie Bet should have never had a baby mm. by earthly standards, but she has a baby. And so this is this is God. And why is God doing all of these signs and, and these wonders? Well, Jesus even had said to the Pharisees when they used to to argue with him uh, about uh, his doctrine and everything that they didn't want to agree with. But Jesus said, listen, you know, if you don't want to believe me for the things that I say, believe me for the very works sake. In other words, believe me for all of these miracles. It's impossible for blind eyes to be opened and somebody just sees deaf people for their ears to just pop open and all of a sudden that they can hear cripples to get up and walk. These things are impossible with man, but with God, all things are possible. And this is Elijah. This is the decree coming from his mouth for these healings. And so believe for the very work's sake. You know, uh, I know my my dear Jewish brethren, they're very conditioned to to just listen to their rabbis, to, well, this is what we believe in. But you know what? 
that that's a problem in the apostate church too this is what i want to believe and the these things are just not true there's a lot of lies that have been told that people are accepting and we have got to discern between the lies and the truth and if Winnie Beck can have a baby which is impossible how can we say that this is not God uh, you know even to an atheist person how can you say that this is not God this has never happened ever in history because it's an impossibility with man Mm. So that's the first thing that I would say for my Jewish brethren is to go to the websites, go see the miracles first, see them for yourselves. And then the teachings are even there, the the services that we've been having, especially during the COVID. And when you hear the mightiest, mightiest prophets speak, you're going to recognize things that you even recognize in your own religion. In your Judaism, you will recognize it. Uh, I want to share something here just very quickly uh, mm. for any Jews that are, are listening, my Jewish brethren. Um, the mightiest, mightiest prophets have been speaking to us about our spiritual garments. Mm. And the Jews, you know about spiritual garments. What about uh, Beged? Mm. Beged, that's the garment of betrayal. And I'll, I'll explain all of this for those that will not understand this but then there are those righteous garments salma salma comes from the word shalem it means complete and what this basically means is what the jewish people believe and it's really what christians believe that our soul it has garments our thoughts our speech our actions are clothed by a garment But which garment is it going to be clothed by? Now, as Christians, we would say, you know, the unrighteous garments or the holy righteous garments. Which one? Um, You know, Jesus even said, what is within man and comes out, that is what defiles him. Meaning, are we acting out of anger? Are we acting out of envy or jealousy? See, if if we're getting those emotions and putting that into action you see that comes from the baguette the the unrighteous garments there Hmm. that's why we put on holiness we put on the holy garments that our thoughts our works our speech everything is to reflect god and the godly nature um Paul even said in Philippians that we are to think pure thoughts. Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, just, pure, lovely, uh, you know, all of those things. We're supposed to have the pure thoughts. Um, Paul said that we are to do good works. The Jews believe that we're to do good works. They believe that we're supposed to have good, pure, um, godly thoughts. Mm. Um, Our speech at all times is to glorify the Lord. Paul brings this up in Ephesians chapter 4 where he says, let no corrupt speech come forth from your mouth. Mm. Um, Also the scriptures, Jesus was the one that quoted it, but I I believe it's in the Psalms. I can't uh, remember which one, but Jesus brought it up. He said, from the heart, the mouth speaks. Mm. And the prophets, they have been talking about this lately, about idle words, idle speech, your idle thoughts. And they've been talking about our garments. And so like when Paul brings this up 
to to the Christian people, we have to understand who these Christian people were. Yes, Gentiles were being converted, and they needed to have the understanding of all of this, but there were Jewish Christians. And the Jewish uh, Christians, they understood these things. That's why even Jesus, when he began to speak, the Bible doesn't say that the people were confused. No, no, no. The Bible says that they were astounded. Mm. They were wowed by his teachings. Why? Because the Jews had a certain way that they lived their life. They had their, their statutes and ordinances. They had the commandments and all of these things. And by the things that they believed and how they lived their life, when Jesus spoke about these things, it was like a light bulb went on for them. They were, wow, they were astonished at these things. Mm. And so that's what I would even say to, to my Jewish brethren. Get a New Testament. There have been Jews that have picked up the New Testament, have followed it very well, and have actually become born-again believers because they see it. And now this brings me to my Messianic brethren because some of the Messianics, that's how they came to faith in Yeshua also is because they read the New Testament. There's many testimonies that they read um, the New Testament and they understood and, and they understood um, that it was Messiah uh, all along that, you know, yes, Jesus is the Messiah. But what I want to say to my Messianic brethren, I don't know when you became born again, but the mightiest, mightiest prophets have now been they have come to us since about 2003-2004. So for these last 16-17 years, they've been on the scene and doing what? Restoring all things. Bringing the church the truth that they had abandoned and fell into apostasy. And so whether you have you know, placed your faith in Yeshua years ago, you have to understand that that was a broken gospel that you came to faith in. If you've come to faith in Yeshua even recently over the last several years, you have to understand that the Christians that you've been going to their churches or, or whatever, that it's apostasy. You have to come out of that. We all have had to come out of it. I've had to come out of it myself. Pastor Peter John has had to come out of it. All of us, we've had to come out of apostasy. And so... For all my Jewish brethren, whether you're Messianic or you're, you're just still in Judaism, Elijah is here. That is the good news. You have waited for Elijah. He is here. And Hallelujah. he's here to restore the truth. And get to the websites. See the miracles for yourself. Listen to their teachings. Listen to the truths that they speak about. And even Jewish people can listen to what Elijah has to say, and they will be able to follow along in their message because the truth is the truth, and God changes not. Hallelujah. This is powerful. Uh, this is powerful. Here you go, um, you know, our Jewish brothers and sisters. You know, you know Elijah would come. It's not even a doubt. You know it. And the Bible promises that when Elijah comes, he will come with power, you know, uh, just go to the website, you know, repent and prepare the way.org or Jesus is Lord Radio.info. Please go there. You would see these things. You would see the wonders. You see the power. You would see the true power of Christ Jesus. 
you know, uh, exhibiting. You would see the true power that the Christ Jesus talked about the church ought to have, not what the apostate church has right now, because there's no power. There's just disgrace. There's scandals all over the place. There's sexual sin. There are people who go there for girlfriends. There are people who go there and stand before the Lord just even in nudity. There are people, pastors who are on the pulpit and then pack it in their hands whilst talking. You know, we got to have reverence for the Lord. So uh, that is powerful. That leads me to another question. And the question is, so I know you've spoken to our Jewish brothers and sisters out there, especially, you know, the Messianic Jewish who are familiar with the New Testament and they have come to, you know, uh, believe in Christ. But now the good news is that Elijah is here and they too can come out of apostasy and follow the true and the holy God of Israel. So the next question would be, so what message do you have for the present-day church about the misuse of the word, the misuse of the word of God? Especially, and I'm asking this because it is very important for our American audience because we tend to take words out of context and, you know, apply it when it favors us. And then we pick and choose without actually looking at the whole word. So what, what message would you have for uh, the church in America, the present-day church, you know, about misuse of the word of God? Okay, amen. Well, the best way that I can answer this question is how I've answered it in the past to apostate Christians when I've talked with them. And I, I, I set up a little scenario for them to kind of imagine, you know, what what would I do? Let's say that I'm speaking now to the listener. Let's say that you wrote a letter to somebody, a relative, a friend, it doesn't matter. You wrote a letter. And in this letter, you put very vivid detail you want this person that you're writing, you, you want them to have this valuable, valuable information. And you send this letter and the person you send it to receives it. But now what they're going to do, they're going to pick and choose what they want to believe out of what you put there and, and what you explain to them. But then when this person now goes and speaks to another they pick out the things that they, you know, just randomly picked out, and this is what I want to talk about, and this is a little spin that I'm going to put on it. Okay, now, getting back to you, the listener, you, you're the one that sent this letter out to a person. They now have gone and started telling other people things that they um, twisted. They twisted your words. They pulled your words out of context. They did not relate all of the information that you gave that was valuable information. And what now that person has done, they've created really a lie. They said, oh, yeah, so-and-so, they wrote me. And this is what they said. But see, it's not what they said. But when we look at it, isn't this what the apostate church has done? Mm. Yes. We have four glorious gospels. We have epistles that the apostles wrote and what the church has done they 
select randomly. I'm going to pull this verse out and, okay, this is the doctrine that I'm going to make on it. But they take it out of context, and now what they've done, they've twisted and turned things where they distorted it and turned it into a lie, that that is not what God said. You're, just let me give the example here. In the apostate church, they're always saying, don't judge, don't judge. Well, we're told in Matthew's gospel that we are not to judge with hypocrisy. Because that chapter from, I believe it's Matthew chapter 7, you know, Jesus makes very clear. In other words, um, if you're a liar and somebody else is lying and you want to call them out on their lying, how can you do that? How can you judge that person when you, you do that very same thing yourself? That's what Jesus is talking about. But if you just go over several more pages, you'll read where Jesus says that we are to judge with righteous judgment. You'll read when Paul is speaking, I believe it's to the Corinthians. He said that we judge those that are within the church. We don't judge those on the outside. And why? It goes back to James and Peter. I brought this up earlier about love covering a multitude of sins. If you go to your brother, you show them their air. You show them what they're doing that is sin. If they will repent and turn from that, you gained your brother back. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that they're still in, in the fold of your brothers and your sisters. Okay, so there's all of these verses that are telling us that we are to judge. We are to, yeah, listen, I think it's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I believe, where Paul is speaking about communion. And Paul, as he says there, um, if you will judge yourself, you will not be judged. (laughs) So we have a lot of positive scriptures that tell us we are to judge. The judging is supposed to be for our benefit. We have right there in Matthew where it says that don't judge. But in other words, it's the hypocritical judgment. You can't judge somebody for something that you yourself do you're being a hypocrite and hypocrisy is sin jesus has made that clear so you see what i'm saying so this is one thing that you know christians that they they put that out there all the time don't judge don't judge or don't judge me but you are supposed to judge there's many other examples very sadly in christianity where we can see where christians have taken a scripture or a couple scriptures they they've taken them out of their contextual meaning and they turned it into a lie to deceive the people um and this is where peter talks about those damnable heresies Mm. uh and so we have to be very very careful of this that's why we that's why you really have to know the word of god so that you know whether you're being deceived or not somebody's coming and trying to peddle to you uh, a lie something that is not true but sadly again this is part of the world culture it's like well so and so said it so i believe it or well okay i understand what you're saying over there pastor sandra yeah we really should judge ourselves because we're not supposed to be sinning but you know i i like that other message over there the do not judge see it's all about their choice Hmm. and what it basically summed up is to this that people do not want to take accountability and I believe the mightiest, mightiest prophets, uh, uh, 
made that clear to us. I think it was back this last summer or early fall in one of their teachings, and and they were talking about um, sin and so forth. And they were talking about that uh, that's what's wrong with the apostate church that they do not want to take accountability. And so, because they don't want to take accountability, they will take the scriptures and they'll twist it every which way to Sunday. Mm. so to speak. It's it's horrible. It's horrible what they've done to the Word of God. But I'll tell you, uh, as, a, as, a, as a person who loves the Lord so, so much, I love His Word. I love His Word because His Word changes me. Mm. It has changed me. It's still changing me. It's made me into this person. I can't believe this person that I am today. When I look at the person that I was once before, I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted. Mm. I'm so disgusted of, that I was that person before. But the Word of God has changed me. Mm. And so the Word of God is sacred and it is holy. There's a reason why on our Bibles it says Holy Bible. Mm. Because the instruction that it gives, the truth that it gives, it tells us every single thing that we need to know about ourselves. Even when you get into the Old Testament, even the New Testament, you read certain things that happen to people. You you read about some of their struggles. You read about some of the sin that they fell in. Yes, it's supposed to teach us, but you know something as we read those things. There's been many times I, I've picked up the, the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, and, and I'm reading in a certain passage of Scripture, and it's dealing with a person and, and um, their character and how they were. And... I say, ooh, I remember I was like that at one time, too. Or, ooh, I, I, I did that, too. You know, and, and we're disgusted by it because we've repented of those sins and, and we don't want to uh, commit those sins anymore. So we've allowed the Holy Spirit to change us. Amen. The Word of God is to change us. It's a roadmap to get us to heaven. And I will sum it up with this, that um, in Ephesians, uh, what does Paul say? He says there's one Lord. There's one spirit. There's one body of Christ. He also says there's one doctrine. Not many doctrines. One doctrine. Mm. And we're all supposed to be under that one doctrine. And because it's been lost, that is why the Lord thousands of years ago prophesied that Elijah would return. And why? He would come. He has to restore all things. He has to restore what has been broken in the church. He has to dispel all the lies that have been told. They have to point out we are sinners and no sin is in heaven. No sinner is in heaven. Only holiness. And that's why Hebrews, that they quote Hebrews to us a lot, that, you know, um, you must be at peace with all men and without holiness no one will see the lord Mm. and may i say one more thing this is to my jewish brethren messianics and even the apostate christians first of all i love you all so much and i pray for everyone i I, i'm just continuously praying that the lord uh that his holy spirit helps all of us to see the truth and that the holy spirit helps us to understand Things about ourselves that not we're not willing to take accountability for, that we will take accountability and that we will repent. But, you know, um, Jews, uh, their word for Lord is Adonai. 
And as Christians, we know that. And, you know, we have songs. It has Adonai in it. We, we just say Adonai as if, like, Lord. Like, if I just say Pastor Peter John, mm. you know, it's like we just throw, throw that out there. But let me just tell you, and Jewish folks, if they're listening, they'll know what I'm saying. Mm. Adonai, any reference to the Lord, Elohim, Hashem, Adonai, is very sacred mm. because God is so holy. And, you know, when you say Hashem, Hashem means the name because Jews don't want to speak the name um, Yahweh or Jehovah like we do. So they say Hashem. But Elohim actually is a reference for God and it's it's plural. So mm. that, that's another discussion for another time. But they also say Adonai. Mm-hmm. And when a person says Adonai, my Lord, you are making the Lord. It, you're, it's a it's a personal. It's a, how do I want to explain this? It's very personal. Yes. So when we we make a reference, Lord, you know, even when we're praying and we say Lord, or you want to say Adonai, you're making that very very personal. He is your Lord. Mm-hmm. He's your Lord. And whether we're a Jew or whether we're a Christian. Leviticus, the Lord says, be you holy for I am holy. And Peter repeats that in his first epistle where he says, be you holy for I am holy. And if we are going to make any reference to God and say that, you know, I love the Lord. Well, that Lord is a personal Lord and he's a very, very sacred, holy God. And so it's not just a term that we throw out there. It's personal. It's very personal. So I just wanted to share that because I think um, by just sharing this with the Jewish people, the the Messianics, but even for the Christians, when we're wanting to refer to God as our Lord, you're making him your personal Lord. That means that you have to comply with him. You you have to do what he says. You must be obedient to his commands, his statutes, his precepts, everything. And so, yes, Elijah's here. He's here to bring back the truth that has been lost. And and, um, I'll tell you, once we gravitate to this message and we hold on to it for dear life, I'll tell you, you will start to see wondrous things happen in your life. The Holy Spirit will begin working in your life and changing you. And the more that you listen, the more knowledge and the wisdom that you gain. And you just know how um, to live your life in a righteous, holy way where you are acceptable to God. Amen. 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 That is powerful. That is powerful. The only thing I wanted to add is um, that I wanted to also uh, just read a scripture. Okay. And um, if you look at 1 Timothy uh, 6, starting from verse 3 through 5, and I'm also looking at the NIV version, it says that if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ and to godly teaching, they are conceited, conceited, and understand nothing. They have unhealthy interest in controversies and quarrels. 
about words that result in envy, strife, malicious, talk evil, suspicions, and constant friction between people of corrupt mind who have been robbed of the truth and who think that godliness is a means to financial gain. What a scripture that is actually talking to all the apostate gospel preachers, prosperity preachers out there. This is you. It's talking about you. You're twisting the word. And the Lord is saying that if anyone, and I repeat, if anyone teaches otherwise, I mean, if anyone teaches otherwise and does not agree to the sound instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, basically, and I paraphrase, it means that you are teaching another gospel. Meaning, if you do not go back to the centrality of the gospel, the old rugged cross, the blood, then you are teaching another gospel. So, in that case, you are also misusing the word of God. And then I'll add another scripture, which is uh, Hebrews 6, verse 4 through 6. I'm not going to press phrases. I'm just going to uh, read that out. So, Hebrews 6, starting from verse 4, it says, It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tested the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tested the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance, to their laws, they are crucifying the Son of Man all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. America, do you know what this particular scripture is talking about? This particular scriptures that I just read in 1 Timothy and uh, 6 verse 3 through 5 and then Hebrews 6 from starting from verse 4 through uh, 6. It is not a joke. It is not a joke. The issues of eternity or the matters of eternity is not a joke. You cannot construe or change the Bible to suit you and use kind of words to get your way out because you are an eloquent speaker. It is right there. And the Hebrews 6, starting from verse 4 through 6, actually, it frightens me because we know we have brothers and sisters out there who genuinely, they want to go to heaven. But they, when they first received Christ, they also received the Holy Spirit. And then they've gone back to wallow in sin over and over and over and over. And verse 6 said in Hebrews, verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 6, And who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance, to their loss, they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Are you ready as a Christian who loves Christ to subject him 
to public shame. And let me tell you what it means. When you receive all these goodness, the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and then you go back into sexual sin, you go back into deceit, jealousy, enviness, all the evil and wicked things that the Bible teaches you not to do, and you go back into that, the gospel of prosperity, the gospel of the flesh, the gospel of last, you go into all that. It's as if you're saying that the blood of Jesus is not powerful enough to deliver you. And that you are subjecting him to public shame because people will point fingers. Oh, especially those who are not in Christ. They would say, hey, look at him there. Or look at her there. Look at the way she's dressed. And I know for sure this because I was once a Muslim. And one of the things that I resisted of even hearing and listening anything about Christ was because I saw the Christians out there, the life they live. I was not attracted to that. And I thought that was the whole concept of Christianity. You see, Christians, this is what you do. You put Jesus to shame, to public disgrace. When you do things like this, you are supposed to be the light of the earth, the salt so that you can direct people to Christ, so that they can see the goodness of Christ in you, instead of the opposite. So think about this scripture, Hebrews 6, verse 4 through 6. Meditate on it. It is not a joke. Because when you fall off to such an extent that your repentance will not even be accepted, that is, you do. Eternity a trillion years and eternity has not even begun. So can you imagine wallowing in hell? Let us repent, America. Let us repent in Christ Jesus. Thank you so much again, blessed senior pastor Sandra. Uh, the last question I have for you uh, before we wind up is, um, so what can you tell our audience out there, especially people within the, you know, Pennsylvania, within uh, the greater Philadelphia area, Lancaster, and all those places, that as they listen to this message, if they, if they are touched and they say, hey, I'm done with this particular apostate churches out there and I'm looking for the holy altar to attend, and then to be able to be born again, uh, get baptized and be born again. Uh, what information, how, how can they reach you? Please go ahead. Yes, uh, praise the Lord. So um, the, the best way um, that you can reach uh, any pastor, um, whether Pennsylvania or wherever you are in the United States, uh, just go to the www.repentusa.net. Um, our Archbishop has this website, and I believe that uh, the pastors, even Pastor Peter John, um, our information is there. Uh, I haven't been on the website in a while, but I think the last time that I was there, our phone numbers are there, so you can reach out to us. Um, that's probably the best way to do it. 
Um, and please, uh, there, there's altars all over the United States. We are in COVID restrictions right now, but um, I know the prophets have just uh, announced here that they're going to resume Sunday services again. I don't know for how long, but when um, the altars uh, did begin to open up, uh, we were doing ours by, it's not Zoom, it's some other uh, thing that it's like Zoom, I forget the name of it, but um, we were doing our Sunday services uh, that way, and Senior Pastor Daniel um, is the lead pastor of our altar, and so he leads those services, and we would love to have anyone join us, and even um, if you just have questions, you're, you're new in the faith, or you want to be new in the faith. You want to be born again. You're hearing things that you've never heard before. The Holy Spirit is really touching your heart right now. Um, and you just even have questions for us. You can go to that website and you can see um, the locations where we are. Um, and I believe um, our phone numbers are there. So you can reach out to us. You can reach out to any of us um, and, and we any of us will help you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. So, um, America, you know, this is message is for all of us that we all need to repent in Christ Jesus. So I just wanted to thank our blessed senior pastor, Sandra, for coming to be a guest speaker on this particular podcast, Repent America. Uh, as you can tell, if you have been following uh, Repent America, we are on Google Podcast, uh, Spotify, we are on Apple Podcasts, uh, we are on iHeartRadio, uh, Republic Radio, and, and CastBox, but we come into a lot of different podcast, podcast platform. So uh, all you have to do is go into any of that uh, and search Repent America, you will find us. Uh, and you'll be able to follow the oracles of the Lord. Now, for those of you, if you have been touched and you feel like, you know, this message has changed your heart, that you want a holy altar, you want to live in true Christ of Jesus, you want to go back to the old ragged cross and the blood, uh, please repeat this particular prayer. It's a salvation prayer. Uh, you could just say, Dear Jesus, my heart... May be, weak, may be weak, but I know that your cross and blood are very strong, very mighty, and out of that cross, the anointing of this hour has come, the empowering strength of God. I repent of all sins, and now I receive you as my Lord and Savior and ask you to forgive me of all my sins and establish holiness in my life. May you write my name and keep it in the Lamb's book of life in heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am born again today. Amen. 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 So if you have recited this prayer, you should know that you are born again. You are a new creation. Please do not go back to sin. Please shun sin. 
Ask the Holy Spirit for help. As the senior pastor has mentioned, if you go to repentusa.net, you will find information of all pastors across this country. Look for a holy altar of the Lord on that. That is where you will find holy altars. All these other churches out there, they are preaching the gospel of the world, the gospel of prosperity. If you rebuke them, they take offense. But we all know that rebuke is love. So please, for your eternity's sake, for your eternity's sake, please don't follow your pastor to hell. If they refuse to repent, you as the sheep, you need to stop giving them your money because in this ministry, no one will ask you for money. No one will ask you for money. It is about your eternity. So I want to thank you so much again, uh, you know, for listening. And may the Lord bless you. And may you come to Christ Jesus very strong and ask the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen. Amen.